Shazy, creative alchemist, music producer and artist, and vocal vixen. Born in Xanadu and living in LA, ready to scratch that itch in your brain. And hey, I'm Mandy, singer, songwriter, actress, lover, born and raised in LA, here to sprinkle a little magic everywhere I go. All right. And welcome, welcome to the to Sonic, Sonic Chronic. Chronic. Where we discuss the soundtracks and the music of the most popular film titles of a year and how they influenced or were influenced by the cultural and global buzz of that year. Okay. Who were its popular tastemakers and storytellers? Mm. And what was the frequency of oh, that, that time? time. Yes. yes. So here we are. And you know what? I, I realized the other day we were kind of cleaning up the control panel and my butt bumped the, the mm. shifter. Not the butt bump. And we went all the way back to 1982. Oh. Whoa. Oh, expecting that but in a weird way I was like Nostalgiaville and Mm -hmm. that's a long time back but what an interesting juxtaposition to really explore Mm-hmm. So the I pop- loved exploring this year. Yeah, it was, you know, 1982. And so the title of this year is, it's 1982 and home is where the heart is. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, part one. Part one. Because as you know, and again, if you're tuning in for the first time to the Sonic Chronic, we will explore a year in two parts. Yes. So going forward, every year is going to have part one, part two, because we have so many awesome titles to explore. There's and just too many to choose. So many. We so love many. it. We want to do all of them. Yes. Just, just and can't. that gives you a chance to really marinate in that year with us. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be part one of 1982. And we're excited. Uh-oh. But let's go back to that time. Let's, let's deep dive. Really what was happening, ahead. Shay? 1982. I wasn't even born yet. You were just a thought. You were a glimmer in the stars. I don't even think I was a thought yet. I think you were a glimmer in the stars. Just a glimmer in the stars. <laughs> just a little twinkle in the sky. Above. <laughs> But here's the thing. What we also do is when we step back in our sonic chronic time machine to these areas in 1982, Mm -hmm. we talk about what was also happening globally and culturally. What was buzzing? buzzing? Okay, because this could influence maybe what kind of storytellers, what what movies were greenlit, what movies people were interested in seeing, you know, based on where our heads were at. Okay, just to give you a glimpse, the Falklands War. What? In April 1982, Argentina invaded the Falkland Islands, a British territory, basically. Hmm. And conflict between Argentina and the United Kingdom resulted in a 10-week war, which ended with a British victory in June. Dang. So this war, it basically was captured international attention. Obviously, this is the big thing that year. Mm -hmm. And it had significant geopolitical implications, right? Okay. So you had a war situation. Then you also had the assassination attempt (gasps) of Pope John Paul II. That was on May 1982. Yeah, he was shot and critically wounded by Mehmet Ali Akka. I can't say his name. He's a Turkish gunman during a public audience in St. Peter's Square, Vatican City. Dang. I didn't remember that all that. I mean, look, I was here, <laughs> but I was very young. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to date myself a little bit. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I don't remember all that. I don't remember any of this new stuff, honestly. That's kind of scary but all together so far. It's not, been so yeah, not only did he survive, but the Pope forgave his assailant. Huh. Assailant or assailant? Assailant. I, say, I like assailant. <laughs> it's a new way of saying it. <laughs> assailant. <I guess>. <laughs> assailant. <laughs> oh, gosh. Then the Lebanon War. Okay, there was a lot of war happening. A lot of wars happening. June 1982. That was right after the Falkland thing. Okay, so Israel launched a military campaign against the Palestine Liberation Organization in Lebanon. I mean, this has been an ongoing feud Mm. for decades, right? Uh, The war resulted in significant casualties and destruction with the Israeli forces occupying parts of Lebanon. So that was a big one. And then finally, not to end on a dark note (laughs) of our news, the Tylenol murders. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Or did you hear about that? That was in September 1982. Like six people died. 
here? Yes, seven people in the Chicago area died after consuming cyanide-laced Tylenol (gasps) capsules. Remember that was going around on the news? Everybody was like panicking and like, ah, you know. Yeah, the incident led to a nationwide panic. (laughs) And it was the first known case of product tampering on a large scale. It prompted new packaging and safety measures in the pharmaceutical industry. So at least it led to that. You know what I mean? You know, when I think back to 1982... Oh, boy. Something really <laughs> tugs at my heart. Okay, what? Oh, um, this is the big one. Thriller <laughs> album was really I knew you were going to get this. I knew you were going to get so this. So we got Billie Jean, Human Nature. Oh, my God. The Girl Is Mine. Uh, Lady In My Life. Like, all the classics, all the hits. I remember. Michael Jackson, King that, of Pop. You might have heard of him. I mean, that was a global sensation phenomenon that whole thing I, I remember reading about the news oh my god I was like Mandy's gonna get this oh god <laughs> but yeah Thriller I was obsessed I had a Thriller album I, I don't know if you went back and got a Thriller album yeah. you but it was just like it was groundbreaking the video the music video was groundbreaking oh everybody was wearing that red <laughs> yes, leather red leather the, jacket the, the, the Thriller uh, uh, Thriller night <laughs> I so that was Michael. great. Oh, my God. I'm was, a massive He episode. was at his high. Mm-hmm. That was just like, he was unstoppable. unstoppable. Like solid gold. I mean, what a performer he was. He was such an amazing, hardworking, intense, crazy artist performer. <laughs> we all love Michael Jackson. No, we love Michael Jackson. Um, so any other cultural thing yes it was the debut of the David Letterman show on NBC the very first episode debuted in 1982 and if you want to take it extra way back yeah some of these young kids aren't even gonna know what we're talking about I mean this is like 60 years almost no this is 60 years 60 no oh my god like we're not that old Okay, 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Okay, you got it. Go ahead. The compact disc finally took off. It was actually kind of like getting started late 78, but what? 82 that was, was when it finally surge? like took off. Yes. So what? Was it like the Walkman or CD Walkmans or like what was... What so was, Sony actually just have produced like, the actual CD itself yeah. was really taking shape and form and people were starting to buy CD players that Sony released in Japan. Oh, and so they it were started in Japan. Super which makes expensive. Sense. Like if it would have been released now, it would have been about like two thousand dollars now. Our but what was the big hook? Like why would I care to like buy the CD? Like was it because it's the future? Besides, <laughs> it was cool looking. But, but what was the hook to make me feel like okay, I'll go from my tape cassette? Like what was the convenience? What was the was there a big well, artist that released on a CD thinner? that made us like? But what do you think? I'm wondering if they I use an artist I, to kind of. Billy Joel was the first CD that got released. Really, I can't remember this kind of like you two who did that on the iPod or. Did they oh, do that? remember and everyone was got a YouTube. <laughs> that was a bad decision. Uh, yeah, I kind of liked it. Wait, <laughs> because you like you too. But other people were like, "Don't give me." I didn't ask for this music. It was like forced music, you know. Yeah. But no, yeah, I'm so curious about like how they got it to be mainstream. That is what I'm saying because it was expensive. It was like you had to have a machine, especially in the beginning stages of something, you know. Remember when we reviewed the wedding singer? Yeah. And that uh, Drew Barrymore's boyfriend at the time, he's like, I just got CDs. Yes. And talking about <laughs> and how it was so expensive. That's right. And, like, that was like ni- early nineties. Yeah, but That's they were right. they were like talking. It was based in the oh, 80s. Oh, they were based in the eighties. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we kind of got to see what it was like. But I guess it was just like it was the a whole thing. new thing. Like yeah. everybody wants the iPod. Everybody wants the right. iPhone. And what, so back then it was the compact disc. I mean, it was cool because think about it. You could fit like so much music on that thing. Yeah. And it couldn't get easily destroyed. Like a tape cassette, forget it. You got a little wrinkle and you're like, ah, you're like trying to rewind. And it's paper and ju- thing. You can you carry it anywhere. You could skip songs really quick skip and go back. Songs. with. You had to rewind. <laughs> you're like, I didn't have that problem, Shay. <laughs> I said I did. You did? Mm-hmm. You had t- cassette tapes? My mama did. And oh, I would listen cute. to her little walk You had a little tape, thing? My little Mariah like, hero. Pa, <laughs> right. And you were like overdubbing. <laughs> did 
Did you make mixtapes? <laughs> I did. I actually would record myself singing it. Oh like my god, record. I love it. <laughs> I still have a tape cassette player, and I have like tape cassettes because like I don't know. It's almost like memories and nostalgic, but really the quality is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else happening that year? That's pretty much what I like to think of, but. Let's deep dive into these movies, Shay. Let's get into the titles. Ultimately, what the Sonic Chronicles okay. is about. So we landed on Planet 1982, yes. and, and we gotta go to is. our Tubi Tube. Now, I hate to say it, but we downsized. We used to have a lovely, colorful box, but I don't know. I like our little Tubi Tube. Like it seems more like appropriate to carry on our little time travel machine. <laughs> it's a bit more um, compact, yeah, like the CD. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you. so do you want to pick first? Sure. All right, shake it up, girl. Shake it up. Ooh, ooh, shake it up. Good ladies, yeah. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Now, this is where I'm going to say a quote. And Shay right. has to guess. We have to read the quote. The movie. And we're going to guess the movie. I'm a woman pretending to be a man pretending to be a woman. Victor Victoria. Victoria. Oh, yes, Miss Julie Andrews. Oh, and this is a second chance to dance it's title. So you picked that right from the jump. <laughs> and if you anybody listening who hasn't listened before, a second chance to dance. We review two main titles, but we do have one that we like to resurface because what we're doing is the titles we pick are based on the top IMDb rated and top box office films of a year. Yes. And so if it doesn't make that list, but we remember that film being something, and also it has a noteworthy either soundtrack or artists that were on it or a music score. So our second chance to dance is it's an opportunity for us to resurface a movie that we thought should have been in the top. Yes. And wasn't by popular demand for some reason. And so this is Victor Victoria. I mean, Julie Andrews. Julie hello, Andrews. Amazing. Classic, I had iconic never movie. seen this movie. Like, before now? Yeah, before this, before, for this episode. I, I kind of oh, like heard wow. of it, but I actually never like watched it but basically what'd you think she's like this incredible singer she can't catch a break and she's just trying to like you know starts off that way yes and then she meets this guy robert preston Mm -hmm. who basically convinces her to dress up like a man right perform because she's like he's like you're gonna fool everybody and you're gonna be the biggest hot sensation right dress up in drag and perform what's really interesting about this movie yes is actually it was hard for my brain to connect because this is a 1982 movie however the movie itself was set back in i feel like it was like 1930s kind of vibe era and so that was right after the great depression or is like around that time people were kind of struggling and Ju- Paris too and it was in Paris yeah. and, and Julie Andrews was the main character who she's speaking with you're talking about and um, in the beginning she was basically just you know really good operatic singer beautiful singer as a woman and she was auditioning and she kind of had slid into the audition kind of sneakily because you know she, desperate times she was literally on the verge of like hasn't eaten in two days <laughs> yeah. needs a job for God's sake and so the club that she was uh, auditioning for it was more you know it's it was a gay Ritzy, club. Yeah. It was kind of a that was kind of the vibe, you know. And they were looking for somebody who was more like that kind of performer. So unfortunately, she had an amazing voice, but she just wasn't fitting the bill for that. And so the guy who you just mentioned, he saw her at that audition, thought she was really amazing, but nothing came of it. Next scene, she's basically going to a restaurant. She she orders food. Oh my god! Because she just she's so hungry, and she's just like, screw it, I'm just gonna order food, and I won't be able to pay, but I don't care. At least I'll feed myself. But she brought a cockroach so that she wouldn't have to pay. Right, that was the other thing. She was about to be kicked out of her apartment. Everything was dire, uh, you know, and so in her apartment, she noticed that there was a cockroach on her bed, and so she thought, oh, I know what I'll do. <laughs> Cut to, she goes to the scene, she's like, I'm gonna put a cockroach in the salad, that way I can get my food comped. So anyway, this gentleman, the guy who saw, the, what was his name again? Toddy. Toddy, Toddy, yeah. that was his name in the story, that's right. Mm-hmm. He was famous, everybody knew him around town, he was a performer himself, he was more of like a, kind of a gay he's performer. He a gay man, Theatrical, yeah. yeah. Theatrical. So he sees her, and he's like, hey, and he like kind of he was just going to get a cup of coffee he actually just got let go of his job too because yeah yeah, because they were just kind of whatever downsizing i forget what happened and then she was like sitting there eating and he was like hey i want to say you know i really liked your audition blah 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 she's like well sit and eat with me and she basically like confided that she was like i'm basically going to eat it up and (laughs) put a cockroach 
him a salad. <laughs> so why don't you, because he had said he also lost a job. She's like, have some food with me, you know? And then uh, it worked out, though. Do you know <laughs> Julie was actually terrified of cockroaches while filming this? It looks like le- I mean, they had a real cockroach. Because I thought <laughs> she did. grabbed the cockroach on the bed was dead. I thought it was dead. <laughs> and so when she put it on her salad, she had it in her purse, and she's like, okay, I'm going to dump it on now. And then there was nothing came out. She's like, ah. She's like, wait, where'd it go? And the next thing you know, it was like, scurry. <laughs> and the, everyone was like, ah. It was a genuine reaction, I thought, you it's, know. This movie was pure joy, so much fun, incredible acting, and yeah, fantastic so it was really good score. acting. It's actually based the on the Broadway musical Victor Victoria. Yes, that's right. It was very staged that way. Yeah, you and that, tell. that's like actually it. based on the German movie Victor Victoria in 1933. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, so... It's just great. It's it's a fun movie. It's a little bit controversial, though. Well, here's the, the thing. Community. Yeah, to what you were saying, to, to finish my thought. So after they met, you know, she actually came back with him after the whole restaurant basically erupted after the kind of roach thing. They got out, obviously, without having to pay their bill. And then she goes back to his place because basically she was kicked out of her apartment. She mm-hmm. couldn't pay rent. And he was like, stay with me. I'll take care of you. He had some money, you know. And so her clothes, you know, they were in the rain when they got there. And they she put them in the dryer. And when they got back, they were completely shrunk she literally had nothing left that was all she had and yeah. she was like having a breakdown he's like listen put on some clothes from this ex he had and like you know some gentleman and so she comes in and she's like looking pretty dapper in the clothes and he's like huh you look pretty good in those clothes yeah. and then he just had this epiphany he's like i got it you can pass. He's like, that's what they're looking for. They want this controversy. Imagine like you, a voice alone as a woman is great, but imagine if you were a man singing like that, portraying a woman singing like that. Mm-hmm. Then people will be like, oh, that's the greatest thing. And that was the plan. And so she was like, no, no, no. And I thought it was funny that in Superman, oh, he's a Superman and when he puts on his glasses, you're like, oh, it's Clark Kent. I don't know who. <laughs> it was the same thing. Victor Victoria. I was like, all she did different, because she still had makeup on. Yeah. And then she like had her hair slicked back. She cut her hair, but it was just like slick back or a cap. Yeah. <laughs> After that every performance, big... <laughs> she would blow everybody away. Literally with her voice, she would sing this high note yeah. and like break glass. Break gla- oh, that was the biggest and famous everyone scene. everyone would go like, wow. And at the very end when she's like being the thrown reveal. Roses, like she'd reveal and take her hat off and it's literally and just... Everybody's like, oh, it's a man. Yeah, I'm like, really? I don't feel like it's a woman with short hair. <laughs> but anyway, at the time, that was the big kind of, ooh. And she, of course, she practiced to do her voice lower and... Well, Julie has yeah. a four octave range. Oh my so God, that's she's why like, she Beautiful voice. Yeah, that was the famous iconic thing about Victoria. Victoria is like, and that's also kind of her undoing of that one guy that like had it out for her is that during the audition, she sang that high note and busted his glass, right? Mm -hmm. And so during another show later, she did the same thing and that's how he knew, oh, that's not a man, that's her. That was that woman. Yeah. But ironically, it didn't matter at the end. It was like, she basically came clean before they could make that thing. And and there was also a great love story in this too with Famous actor James Garner, who I knew from The Notebook, the main, the older man in The Notebook. Yeah. yeah but he's obviously a famous actor back yeah, in this time yeah. when this movie came out. But there were a lot he, of, yeah. He plays like a like a Chicago mobster, super hetero mm-hmm. male, like That's would right. never, ever, ever <laughs> fall for a man. Mm-hmm. But he kind of like freaks out because he's having feelings mm-hmm. for Victor Victoria. And he's just like, what? He was determined. <laughs> and that's it. I was kind of on the fence about that, too, because I know they were being risky at the time. And I appreciate that. Like you were saying, there's controversy. We'll come yeah. back to that. But like, I kind of was also like, ooh, they dialed it back a little bit with him because, you know, he was like, he only made advances once he knew for sure she was a woman. Mm. Remember when he, and that's also, I was like, violation of privacy. Hello, by times <laughs> million. Right. When he went and did that and got into her apartment. But like, it was almost like he was okay. But then there was the controversy of like, he was actually open to the idea of like, he struggled with it being known as a gay man. Right. You know, that, but it was it was interesting. Nineteen eighty two, actually, that would be nineteen thirty. Is that the controversy we're speaking to? Oh well, just a lot of people in the gay community they watch this movie and they kind of cringe because they just feel like yeah. the director Blake Edwards he never yeah. really got gay comedy right when he also tried right. to do That's it what back I was with wondering. Breakfast at Tiffany's and there's just a lot like of like a straight person doing gay comedy, just like right? really bad stereotypes. Yeah, of there like was that gay love and or like just mm-hmm. love in general with them or like the cross dressing stuff and. Just That's like, what I mean. It was a lot of cringe moments. <laughs> yeah, it was but tough. This was just supposed to be taken as a comedy and just very lightly and just kind yeah. of poking fun at gay Paris. Not an actual realistic depiction of what it was. But, you know, people, they 
It was easing. It was easing people. It was still trying to be a little bit more polite. I get that. Yeah. And it was tough because you can't really put at the time we weren't able to push it too hard. But it was enough that it opened the eyes a little bit. It opened the conversation a little bit. And here's the other thing I thought was really interesting that touches on the theme of our episode here and the other titles we'll review is this idea of women and how they're perceived. And it was almost like this beginning of the awakening Mm -hmm. of women in society. And so Julie Andrews character had a really cool remark about her experience after she you know was talking to what's his name the love interest and deciding deciding to come clean Mm -hmm. that's when she came from the quote you just read but I'm a woman trying to be a man trying to be a woman you know and this is not really being authentic they were talking about being authentic Mm -hmm. but she was also saying she liked what she had she liked this lifestyle she was actually saying like I never knew being a man I get so much privilege I never had before she had this revelation Mm -hmm. to him because as a white man he didn't get it she was like, you don't understand. Like, I get treated very differently when people think I'm a man. Even if she's a gay man, she still gets more privilege than a woman would. Right. Because he I was that like, was interesting. I don't want to have to lie mm-hmm. about what I am. Because mm-hmm. he was be kind of like you. a mobster. Mobster. Yeah. Right? He didn't want to be perceived as gay. But all in all, like, just the fact that a famous star like James Garner would play a role of a guy questioning his own homosexuality. Mm-hmm. It was like a triumph for progressivism in early 80s Hollywood. I agree. Like, yeah. That wasn't really happening. Although we are going to review another film that did kind of touch on that too. That's what I'm saying. I feel like it was the beginning. <laughs> it just started the beginning of the way, 80s. Yeah. I mean, because we were touching on 70s was like this age of Aquarius, beginning of that. But it's almost like there was a weird pendulum swing. The beginning of 80s was still exploring that. Mm-hmm. Even like, you know, like Dark Crystal and all this stuff. There was like this interesting, like, we were looking at different possibilities and different dynamics of relationships and like sci-fi and fantasy realities of like not the typical stuff. But then I feel like there was like a total like swing back revolt against that. Because Mid-80s it's like, to late 80s where it was like, it's too fast too soon, you know? I think that's what yeah. happened. And I think that why it had the controversy too is because it's the first time we're seeing it. So, you know, our gay brothers and sisters, they want to see love of how we actually have mm-hmm. it. Not like this like... Cliche, cliche, humorous. It was a bit cliche, yeah. But but at least it did open doors. It started. It did, and we say that it's almost like for people of color or women when there was like movies in the beginning where it was like, was it perfect? No. No. But in the beginning, it was almost like we can look back on it and almost see how we evolved and grew through that. And we have to be thankful. We do. And Julie Andrews, I mean, she just like I really loved how authentic she played it. Oh yeah, she was phenomenal. It felt very natural, and I loved that about her playing that role that way because it didn't. Feel, you know, sometimes you watch things when you know people are playing something and it's it could be an uncomfortable topic mm-hmm. and you feel uncomfortable watching them yeah. because you feel like they're not really embodying it or they almost still have their insecurities about it. But I felt so, it's almost like when I watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, but I'm saying don't, all of them, I feel so comfortable in the fact that they are just authentically themselves and it's like, they're just like so out there. And like, I feel like she's like that. She's such a great actor and this singer. This gave and her a nominee yeah. for an Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. It had, a, it had a lot of Oscar Did she get an Oscar? Yeah, she did. She didn't win, unfortunately, but she did get nominated. And Did the score, the musical? I mean, it is a yes. musical. And this was also a year of musicals again. Yes, this is a great this musical. This year of mu- musicals. This was the winner of the best music for original song. Oh, nice. Um, that makes sense. For this. And yeah, music was by Henry Mancini and lyrics by Leslie Bricus. Oh, nice. Yes, yes. So it was a, it was there was a, a lot of hits. I mean, film. memorable songs in that like people would be like singing songs oh that's from Victor Victoria you know like the origin of some of these very classic songs so I guess yeah that musical was very popular very well known yeah the Broadway musical premiered in 95 ran for 754 performances and guess who would sub for Julie Oh, she, she actually played on, in vacation. The, on Broadway? Yeah, she was actually on Broadway. Oh, that's amazing. Liza Minnelli. She would be her substitute whenever she was that on vacation. That totally makes sense. And then I Raquel Welch also took over. Ooh, so, um, superstars. Imagine seeing the show. And what a Julie show. was 60 at the time of the Broadway performance. I was going to say, in the movie, we looked it up. She was 47. Yeah. And she looked great. Amazing. She looks so good. And her voice. Her voice is so uh, good. She's solid. She's a queen of queen. Well, we. Yes. (laughs) I wonder what we feel about this one. So (laughs) this, again, it was almost like I had been like you. I hadn't seen it yet. 
I feel like I had saw pieces here and there. And I never knew the significance. And I was so happy to just watch it from start to finish. Yeah. Because there was something about the story in between, not just like hopping to each song and each kind of moment. And so I was like, yeah, that was really, really cool to like see. I just feel like we go in cycles as a culture and, and humanity. Like, you know, back in the 30s, I feel like, you know, people were like pushing for like progress and like diversity and like, you know, being open. And I think we just kind of go in these cycles. So it's interesting. We're here. Here now in 2023 and 1980. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like this weird kind of resurgence and cycle again of like really exploring some of these subjects. But now we're even more advanced and more evolved and experienced. Yeah. So Paved with that way. said, what are we going to vote? What are our voting? Yes. What's our rating system for Victor Victoria? For Victor Victoria. Yeah. We'll be good for this one. Is it? Uh, oh, God. We can't do the high note again because that, that would be appropriate for this one. <laughs> Um, was it a five-star review? <laughs> or was it a roach in your salad? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like wah, that. Wah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so five-star review or, or roach, roach in, in your salad. salad. And, and we, we say... <laughs> A five-star review. Yes, I agree. Yeah, go watch it. It's worth it. It's one. I know it's 80s, blah, blah, blah. And I think it was, it was actually a little under two hours, right? Not too bad. Oh, I had a note. It was very oh. long. It was a little over two <laughs> hours. Very long. Actually, I, was, I used to think movies were shorter, but they're not. They're long. Back in these 80s, they were pretty long. <laughs> they were long. They were like, no, we have nowhere to go. We have nothing else to do. So let's just keep watching. All yeah, right. But it's worth it. Worth it. Okay, so let's go to our next, next title. I'm, I'm squeaking on my chair here. We have new chairs. I know. They're comfy. They're good on the tush. All right, hear this? Chicky, 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 chicky. This is our film tube. Here we go. All right, all right. Let's see what we got. Gotta, I get ready to do my scene. Come on. <laughs> I'm so excited. Ready for your close-up? I'm ready for my close-up. Okay. Let's see if I can guess. Oh, I wish you were doing this one. Okay. <laughs> I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Oh, that's Richard Gere and Officer oh, yeah. Candidate. Zach Mayo. That made me Officer cry. Officer Candidate Zach. He broke down. <laughs> he broke he down. He was trying to get him to DOR. He was trying to get him to quit. That was a really good performance. Um. Yeah, that... Richard Gere, Gosh. first of all, was super hot. In the movie. Um, okay, sex appeal. Yeah, yeah. Richard Gere, in right? This? You first never of know. All, let's talk about Richard Gere in the eighties. Even now, like wow. But there's a scene where not they're like dance, <laughs> and he kisses oh, the, the girl dance, for the yeah. first time, and the way he's kissing he's her. Like, yeah, you know he does that. I thing wrote normally. in my notes like the way he just kisses. <laughs> You know, he has that gra he's like that aggressive but gentle, you know? Whoa, Richard Gere. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this is such a great movie. It's timeless story of growth into manhood. There's a lot going on with this main character. There's a lot going on. And again, this is like to our kind of title of the show, Homer's Where the Heart Is. Yeah. Because... He has like daddy issues, abandonment issues. It kind of shaped his entire life. Yeah. He joins the Navy. Yeah, it starts off actually showing us, like, he's all, like, you know, got that, like, 70s, like, hippie kind of hair, a little longer. Yeah. He's a good-looking dude in good shape, but oh, yeah. he has had a very kind of, like... It's a lone wolf. Yeah, he's kind of li living, like, that bachelor life as a young kid because his, his mother died young when he was young. She took his, her she life. She committed suicide, yes. Didn't leave a note on Didn't that, leave like, a note, and crazy. his father was just this... Also had been in the Navy... And was kind of just like a ladies' man. And he was just always kind of gallivanting about and would take him to different ports and just kind of be like, all right, you're on your own. Do yeah. your thing. And so he kind of like also learned about relationships and women through his father. Yes. Which ironically. And he had went to not get close. Yes. And not he, express he, feelings. He ironically went the opposite direction because, you know, as you can, I think it's either you go the same way or you go the opposite completely yeah. opposite and so he decided he's like trying to do something one morning they woke up where they had just had like a I guess he graduated high school and mm -hmm. his father celebrated by getting him prostitutes to <laughs> celebrate oh and after that he realized he's like I just want to do something with my life and so yeah. he joined the, well, the, sorry, Navy. the Navy because yeah. he wanted to fly jets 
Mm-hmm. So Navy jets, not Air Force, I guess. But And so he basically went about going in. And the, the whole movie is really about his like basic training, how you have to be evaluated to even be allowed to be in the Navy. Six years before you get to fly. Yeah, so well, six. This was a six-week kind of like boot camp. Yeah, just to, just to make it. Just to make it, yeah. and if you graduate, then you get to go and train, and they station you. But so this, the six weeks was under the drill instructor, drill instructor. sergeant Emil Foley, played by Louis Gasset. Junior, yeah, who was yeah. incredible in this film, and he kind of, yeah, great. Th- he's a great drill chemistry. instructor, but he kind of fills the role as like this demanding father figure for him that he's needed all his that he life. never had, that he never that had, he never had. That yeah. helped him like kind of change his ways and yeah, learn to really let let the people that he loved in a little yeah. bit and like really yeah, because he was be kind of lone wolfy even yeah. when like the drill sergeant observed like during some of the drills, some of the other candidates were like, come on, once they finished, they would like root the other people on him, but you know Zach would go off, you know. He'd do a good time and then just kind of sit there and be on his own. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was almost like his father was his friend and, like, didn't ever give him any guidance, didn't even ever, like, challenge him to do something with his life. And so this drill sergeant, in a weird way, really confronted that in him, but also really pushed him. That breakdown, that quote, was when basically the drill sergeant caught him. He had a little side gig where, you know, you have to polish your belt buckles and have all your stuff ready when they come for inspection. And Mm -hmm. so he had found somebody to give him like extra stuff that was already so done he would sell that to people and Mm-mm-mm. you know little and so, hustler. yeah he was a little hustle on the side it was one of those things that he totally could have gotten thrown out if he got caught and so the drill sergeant did catch him he overheard confronted him and then basically was saying DOR means they uh, get let go like dismissed on request or something like that so Probably. it means that instead of you getting kicked out you are leaving based on your request yeah to leave. You have to request and so that's it. what they want to do because it's like you know and they want to see what you're made of basically and so he was like that weekend they were all supposed to go off and finally have a break it would have been pretty intense and so he's like nope you're going to be here this weekend and by the end of the weekend you're going to give me your DOR mm-hmm. and so he just put him through it put him through the ringer but he just didn't and he quit. was like and he yeah, was at that verse he was like finally he realized he wasn't going to break him and he was like making him do everything oh my god I don't even know if he slept and then he was just like fine I'm that's it I'm going to kick you out and he jumped up and he's like no, no. don't you dare he's like his face was all like Crying. you could tell when someone's like no when you're in the sun and you're like tired and it's like it was really felt real yeah and he was like i got nowhere else to go no. i got no one else and <laughs> so he, he looked sad. at him he's like all right mayo he called mayonnaise mayo yeah, mayo he was like let's go mm-hmm. you know let's polish some floors here so he let him stay and he he obviously i don't want to ruin it but there was some other stuff that i mean he there's a his, love his interest best friend in and a love interest a lo- yeah oh, deborah winger yes deborah winger and by the way hello i had a, a little crush on her <laughs> everybody did she's so beautiful she was great in this she stole the show she was his love interest actually fun little fact is Deborah and Richard didn't get along at all while shooting this even though they had incredible chemistry I wouldn't have guessed that because he was a little salty that basically in every scene they would do together she would steal the show because she's such an incredible actor and she was more open to the camera than he was at the time yeah this earned her an Oscar nomination I loved her character yeah she was so it was really good good acting I I miss that. I miss that really good acting, you know? Oh, so it's like timeless acting in these love stories. But she actually didn't even, she like despises this movie. Because at the time, um, she negotiated her own contract Mm -hmm. and didn't think to put a no nudity clause in it. So she actually didn't want to do that. She was topless. She was topless. They were grinding. She was on top of Richard. Like it's a total sex They didn't show it. They didn't show it, but like she didn't want that at all. And unfortunately she couldn't get out of it. So she just like doesn't like. Oh, so she kind of cringes on it. She cringes on it even though this was like, this was her Oscar. I can see that, but also it was tasteful. I mean, there's oh, some. Yeah. I can see, I can see moment, some later movies, but like at the time, I can see it her was being, yeah, like because if you're not crap. ready for it, yeah. But but that was the also thing. It's like you know, even just again a reflection of the dynamics of women and men and women. It was like this idea that like she was kind of a townie, and the idea was that they would wait for these officer candidates to come in every so often mm-hmm. and try to like land one and make them their husband because oh. it was their way out. Of town and so sad. her friend was more like that than she was. She was kind of like, look, you know, I have a good job. I just want to have a good time and and I want to find somebody I love. You know, I'm not gonna like trap them. In yeah. fact, her father was an officer's candidate mm-hmm. that 
basically didn't want to marry her mom, mm-hmm. or she confessed later. And so history repeats. Yeah, she had this kind of obsession in this weird way, but at the same time, you know, and the stepfather was kind of resentful. But I think her mom was so worried that the same thing was going to happen to her. But it ended up being a good ending, it's you know. Really you good it, we won't tell you. But there's something very sad in this too. It has to do with his friend that was also in training. But it was also just a reflection of this expectation of men and women, especially like that military dynamic or just like the role of men have to do this and then like the women are supposed to be there and like, you know, take care of me and like, you know, it was just like beginning of, again, touching on these roles for men and women and this expectation, like the friend, he was filling the shoes and living for somebody else and it was like really not fulfilling him. Yeah. You know, and I think- his brother. Yeah. So Sid- yeah, uh, Sid is the friend, David the best Keith. friend. Yeah, he his brother died in the Vietnam in, War, so yeah, he was Vietnam. in the military. Yeah, so prior. he felt like he needed to join the Navy for his brother, and mm-hmm. he didn't really want to be there at all. And then he falls in love with. Lynette, who plays Deborah Wing's Deborah friend, friend yeah. Paula's best friend. But in fact, he was also, remember, they found out, or he found out later, Zach even was like, his brother had a fiance. And strangely, oh they were ha- basically having Sid now marry her. It was a weird dynamic. She's it was almost totally like this family expectation. Everywhere. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, but I'm saying also weird that they're like, all right, marry your brother's fiance now that yeah. he's gone. Like, that was also a pressure that he was like, he felt he needed to fulfill that because his parents expected he has a that. Very sad ending. Yeah. So don't you think that was weird that like, and of course that's why he was like kind of rebelling against that. He wanted to be his own man. Yeah. You know? But such a great film. Tons of awards. A lot of Oscar nominations. Actually, we have a winner. Louis Gossett Jr. (laughs) won Best Actor in a Supporting Role. And actually, it's significant because he was the first African-American to win Yes, it was significant. I remember that. And he's great. Um, Yeah, so it was was incredible. And then, of course, mm -hmm. Deborah got her nomination. And Mm -hmm. for the music... So music, famous, famous song from this one. Yes, awesome. Oscar winning song. Shall we sing it? Yes. <laughs> Just lift me up where we belong. Put our wings on. Mm-hmm. Eagle fly <laughs> from the mountain high. I just totally make up the lyric. <laughs> Something like love lift us up. Everyone knows this. That's where this song came from. By Joe Crocker and Jen Warren. That's yes. right. Oscar winning song. This was a big one. It was started the movie and it ended the movie. Did you notice that? It did. It was throughout. I loved it. Instrumentally, I added but it at to the book ended it. Yeah. Um, and also, we had another uh, Best Music Original Score nominee um, for the Grammys. So it was an Nice. Best Original song. Score for the Grammys? Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can see that. So that's why that made our top list. And that was actually very fa- That was one of my mom's favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you that. Well, the thing is, my dad, I don't know if there's any connection I should ask her. He was in the Navy. He drove a motor- motorcycle. Oh, cool. I was like, oh, what? Oh, oh, no wonder she uh, loved this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay. Zach drove a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this was a great movie. Obviously very iconic. I mean, this is a famous... So of the famous. 80s, Officer and Gentleman, right? Yeah, one of Richard Gere's very famous roles. Which yeah. Yes, really. It's one of his down, more famous actually. roles, right? So, yeah. So, what do we vote on Officer and a Gentleman? I just realized we voted on Victor Victoria, even though that was a second chance to dance. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. All right. So. Let's see. Officer and a Gentleman. Is it a D-O-R? <gasps> That's the bad thing. Bad thing. Or. Or. Graduate with honors. Ooh. Okay, that's a stretch, but we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. Okay. <laughs> For sake of time. <laughs> For sake of time. We'll go with it. Okay, right. so is it graduate with honors or, or a D-O-R? And we say... Yeah. Graduate with honors! Hey! I don't know what that... Hey, I don't know why I did that. But uh, we saluted that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great film. If you haven't seen Great it, definitely it. put it on your bucket list. And yes, again, these are all, you got to be ready to go back in time. 80s films are definitely not up to spec in terms of what we're used to these days <laughs> in terms of the quality. But the quality of the acting and the stories, surprising, they held Oh to the gosh, test of they're time. So, and they're, so they're really good. And just, Very just good. Go back and watch these. They're yeah, so and the music, good. of course, holds up too. Yeah. You know. They're timeless classics. All right, so you're up. I'm up, okay. Okay. One more. It's our last one. So. <laughs> <You're> gonna, <laughs> 
Okay, what's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? Oh boy, <laughs> are you shaking your head? Oh, okay. It's, uh, <laughs> you're gonna pick that. That's funny. Okay, I don't like his feet. They're only feet, you little twerp. Oh, yes. E.T. Drew Barrymore. Gertie. Gertie says this in E.T. Oh, my God. What a good movie. And I'm so excited to rewatch this for this episode. Me too, because I hadn't seen it since I was... Little, little. Oh, my gosh. This is such a good movie. First of all, good movie for the topic. So it was groundbreaking. First time we're really talking about it in a way that felt like not like, you know, scary aliens, right? Right. And super iconic score. Oh my gosh. That was kind of like the sound for those kind of movies going forward forever and ever, amen. Yeah. Like whenever you hear those, that orchestral, like bombastic swelling, yes. like it just felt like you could be sitting there picking your toes and it was like, <laughs> makes it so iconic. John Williams, man. Yeah. Is a genius with this score. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. But this movie is so powerful, so funny just like so wonderful and it really as i was watching it it's like it it touches the inner child within like you know just like especially in the moment like the infamous et moment when like the bikes lift up in the moon that was the big one and that's where the scoring came in yeah the score the first remember and that was from a video technology standpoint the big green screen situation where it was the first time they did that oh in such gosh. a cool way they used to do that at like universal or somewhere they would show how they did this the green screen you could sit on the bike and act like you were oh, with et cool. you know, yeah that was before but they were that was like the big groundbreaking technology in film and the other part that first of all i know elliot was et's kind of they had empathy i forgot how they had empathy with each other which they, is so they, cool they, they had an like, energetic connection well first off what's et about for the listeners that don't et know. stands for extraterrestrial et Okay, it's a photo. The fa- that's the other oh, famous no. line. It's a photo, and he has his long, bulbous little slender <laughs> finger. He was really cute. Oh no! And oh no! Oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he came back to life. I was like, "Calm down, ET." He's all shh. <laughs> but no, what happened is, you know, basically these extraterrestrials were on Earth exploring, and you know, just quietly exploring, and they're right in their own business. They're very kind of like nature based. That was the yeah. implication, and they have obviously they're a bit more evolved than us. They can telepathically do things, and like they can you know, heal they people, can heal, they can do that stuff. And, yeah. But they were ET. I guess they were all out, and they were kind of all coming back to the ship. And ET was kind of a little farther out, wandering. He saw this one plant. He's like, "Oh, I gotta get this last plant!" Oh, <laughs> and then as they were going, he realized there was this car pulled up, and these people who were just doing something randomly out there he was like oh no and so he hid and the ship is like sending out their little heart light saying hey come back come home and so his heart like lights up while he's hiding and it's like Wong. and he's like oh no and he's like the people are like what and they start chasing him he's like ah I know, and he didn't make it back to the ship. He's Poor old. little ET. They, they had like, to leave so they wouldn't be threatened. So they like head out. They're like, sorry. And so he's like sitting there, like, what the heck? Like, and so he ended up wandering. Elliot's place was close, and he super close. He to went Elliot to the house. shed. Yeah, and that's how he discovered him. And Elliot's a, a young boy. He's like a little ten year old, old boy. He is, yeah. And no one believes him, by the way, that he no found one believes this him at first. guy. <laughs> and his mom is a single mom. It was actually really sweet. I forgot how much I th- realized the acting is really good in this. The mom oh. in this movie. She's yes. a single mom. She's going through a lot. Honestly, I made a note. Like, yeah. this lady was wild to keep leaving her kids home alone. <gasps> Well, she... Did you catch that? <laughs> yes, there was a couple times. She did it with but Elliot. But it was kids. I can relate to that. It was like, moms had to go to work. They were just like, there's cereal in the cabinet, <laughs> and there's a key under the mat. Okay, I could Figure kind of understand Elliot, because he's like 10, but still. Yeah. She left Gertie home alone. Did she when? was like four. Wait, what scene? When she... She usually um, took her, I thought. No, she left her home alone with E.T., remember? Wait, I thought she just. Oh, she's like, she, I need to go pick up said, be Elliot right because he don't, freaking don't, let out the frogs. Right. Oh my god, how freaking like, cute was right Drew here. Barrymore as Gertie? <laughs> oh, she's so. I cute. mean, I can't take it. How much? How freaking <laughs> adorable! And she was a really good little actor. Super good. You know, she auditioned for Poltergeist and didn't get that role, but Steven Spielberg was like, you know what? I have a role in mind for you. 
And that's how she Way better role. Way better role. Because it was super cute and endearing. And she's super funny, actually. Super funny. And a lot of her lines were just her just ad-libbing. Her li- was that true? Yeah. And actually, the quote you did was hers. She was, it was after they, she discovered after being scared about E.T., but then she was settling in. And they were trying to figure out what he was. They're like, what kind of animal is he, you know? And, <laughs> and she was, like, looking down at them. And she always had this perfectly timed little, like, comment. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, I don't like your feet. <laughs> yeah, I don't like his feet. And just before that, he was eating some food and they kept giving him candy and different things and seeing what he could like to eat. And she's like, maybe he's a pig. He sure eats like one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. cute. Steven loved her so much. She, he just kept a lot of her one-liners in. <laughs> and she seemed Super genuine cute. in her reactions, didn't she? Yeah. It was so, I was like, damn, she was so good as an actor. She as was a little so kid. Little. She was so little and very cute. Um, but yes, I thought, I honestly, speaking of acting, I honestly thought everybody, including the mom, everybody was, because you know, sometimes those movies, it just feels like, it ever, It felt like we were watching a glimpse at a real family. Totally. <laughs> Didn't it feel like real? Elliot Henry Thomas, who played Elliot, my goodness, he was mm-hmm. phenomenal in this. Such a young little boy, but he was like truly capturing like such raw emotion and yeah. how he just loved E.T. And you know how they connected, they could feel what they were That's feeling. That's the other part I forgot about is that. I don't know if it's because he was the first one he encountered. I guess that was their way of like bonding and connecting because they talked to each other through their hearts. And so E.T. connected to Elliot and Elliot would actually, there was a funny scene where he was off at school and E.T. was home like getting into the fridge yeah, and drinking, drinking some beer. beer. <laughs> and so e- Elliot was like burping drunk. and drunk. It was like, whoa. But he would feel what he would feel. Mm-hmm. It was more feelings. It wasn't what he's thinking. And so they had this bond even to the end when he was like, E.T. wasn't doing good. It was like E.T. needed to like get out of there. This planet was like, you know, it wasn't good for him, you know, yeah. wellness wise. And Elliot was also starting to like. He was starting to feel get E.T. Really dying. Yeah, yeah, he was feeling it. Did it was you catch cool. that throughout the movie they didn't show the adults until the very end when we saw the doctors? That's Which were played by real doctors and nurses, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, fun little fact. Except for the one main scientist who was like, I've been waiting for this moment since I was 10 oh, years yeah. old. He was an actor, he but was an he actor. was really good. But the doctors operating on E.T., they were all real doctors and real nurses. I didn't know that. But throughout the movie, they filmed the adults, like even the people that are searching for E.T. It's always like from the waist down. Like I did I make a note of it this only time. one they showed was the mom, but all the other... Adults, it was, was like, like symbolism. Well, they're not showing the adults. You know what? I, I remember, and I was, I'm so glad you picked up on that note. I wanted to bring that up. Is because I did read somewhere they did that intentionally because he wanted the focus to be on how the kids, how they were coming at it. Because remember even in a comment at the end where the scientist was like, I'm glad he met you first. Mm-hmm. It was like this innocence of how the kids were just like, we just want to understand him and you want to help him get back home versus like scientists wanted to dissect him and yeah. like figure it out. So I think they did it on purpose where it's like we lose our innocence and our childlike curiosity when we get older. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he was trying to like buy. Well, this movie definitely captured yeah. that like we were saying before. Like it really just like touches on the little kid inside. My mom and I watched, rewatched this together. Oh, that's so, so sweet. And just that moment where the like the bikes took off. Yeah. We were both like, oh, right, like, it's reliving. Oh. Like it's just still so magical. What is your mom? Because I imagine she felt so nostalgic oh, with yeah. this movie. Oh, yeah. She's like, I remember going to see this in theater. Yeah. And just being like in awe of that. But she was young. Moment. Yeah, yeah, she was younger. Yeah. yeah. So it was it like, was... and seeing it when you're young like that and then seeing it again, again, it's always this question of like, do I feel the same about it? And this was another one that stood the test of time for me at least. Mm-hmm. And it was, I could feel, I literally, I cried again. No! You know, the part that always bugged me, and I've seen it one more time before now. I hated when he was dying and they were all like, you know, on the operating table, whatever, all the scientists were having, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he was like, and then they were like trying to connect with each other and, oh. and like, oh God, I hated when he like, <laughs> they were trying to bring him back and do such a I just hated that scene. Yeah. I hated it so Ellie's much. was like, I can't feel him anymore. He's dying. I hated it. <laughs> it it really made me sad. sad. And really I don't know sad. what it was, but like when he said the line, I don't know why, maybe this is my own like shadow self work <laughs> I need to do. But he was just like, I think we're dying. 
like he said, we're, like, I don't know, there was something that made me sad. Like, I was like, I had a tear in my eye when they were on the table and he's like, I think we're dying, I, you know? And yeah. I was like, but it was this weird, intense empathy mm-hmm. that like this movie showed. Most people were seeing it as like, oh, this fun little thrill ride. And it was like yeah. this E.T. and it was so cute. Obviously, E.T. was super cute. That was why people were like so open to looking at an extraterrestrial in this way that was like adorable versus yeah. how we normally think of scary monsters, right? Yeah. That was another thing that E.T. did differently. But you know what came out of this from a musical standpoint? What I don't know if you picked up. Little fun, little fun back like you like to say. Do you remember Neil Diamond? Yeah. Turn on your heart light. Oh! Let it shine wherever you go. That was an E.T. <laughs> reference. How funny is that? Oh, his heart light. His little heart light. How cute was that about the whole heart light thing? Oh. <laughs> One of my favorite moments is when Gertie finally like got a hold of E.T. And she's like, dressed him up in oh her clothes. <laughs> she was trying to hide him in the closet. She's like, stay right there. Stay, stay right there. He walks up and he's like, what are you doing? She's all dressed in drag. <laughs> Slaying <laughs> the god that is. Slaying. He's slaying. He had, he had her hat, he had the rings on his fingers. Her clickety clacking. His little bracelets. He's just like, Hey. And he was like, click the clack, eat, oh, no, click the clack. He was so cute. Oh and then he pulled off his wig and he was like, I love that he was totally down. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was such a sweet movie. And so, yeah, from the, the film score, like we said, I mean, oh, my God, awards. What are we talking about? From yes. a movie cinematic, we know that. But what about the music? It won what an about Academy the Award for the Best Original Score and yeah. Grammy Award for Best Score and Soundtrack for Visual Media. Yeah. Obviously, we know it was scored by John Williams. Amazing classical music. But this was nominated for a lot of Academy Awards, like Best Picture, Best Director, yes. Screenplay. It won Best Sound, um, mm. winner of Best Effects and Visual Effects. The artist who created E.T. also yeah. did Alien, too. They spent a lot oh, of really? money and time on actual E.T. There was, like, thousands of little E.T. Oh, my God, that's right. Each E.T., each different yeah. pose, they had to do that. Where yeah. And I was asking you, I was like, I felt there was moments where they had a little person actually play E.T. because they needed to instead of being animatronic. It needed to be, because, you know, the times when his neck would extend, that was definitely animatronic. Yeah. But when they were walking, when they were doing that, when they like went the out Halloween. for Halloween, uh-huh. just before they did the whole famous biking in the sky scene, I felt like that was a little person in the E.T., Yes. I don't know. But most of it was just most the of it was dolls that puppetry, they yeah. yeah, puppetry. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did so many different versions because they had to like the the one where he was in the famous scene where he's in the closet, you know, <laughs> hiding like another <laughs> right. stuffed animal. And then they had of course the one where he was oh I, that's the part that hurt me the most. Remember when he found him in the river? I hated that. Oh, and he's all like Yeah. Yeah. And the Sad. raccoon was like, what's up with you, bud? Like, what's this thing He's like, here? what's good, man? <laughs> yeah, <You're> I. <right? laughs> you good, man? You know the voice of E.T.? The sound designer discovered her at a yeah. camera store. Wait, it's a female? It's a female. Her name is oh. Pat Walsh. She's a housewife from California, and she would literally Shut smoke up. two packs of cigarettes a day that gave her that recognizable raspy tone of her. Wait, she prepared by smoking No, no, no. That, that was just like, oh. why she had this like, voice. She just like, I got a real good role. <laughs> <laughs> I got to prepare. I got to prepare. Um, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So E.T. photo. I can't even do his voice. I'm trying. Phone home. Phone home. Elliot. 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 Oh, you're you're pretty good. I'm close. You're closer. smoke, but hey. (laughs) You know um, the scene where Elliot's trying to get E.T. to follow him with Reese's Pieces? Yes. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Reese's Pieces tripled in sales for weeks after the Guess who? Do you know the fun fact about who missed out on that opportunity? Who? They weren't the first. Reese's Pieces wasn't the first. They approached. Who? Guess. Hershey Kisses? No. Oh, that's a good one, though. Because okay. you have to rap her, though. Okay. Because those... fish? <laughs> <laughs> they would have got me with that. <laughs> Sweet as fish? Oh, my God. Can you imagine if that was the reason why Sweet as fish is so popular? Um, it was... Can I have a hint? Well, think about it. It was some. It needed to be a candy that didn't have a wrapper or whatever. It was like... So that's why Reese's Pieces... Eminem. Peanut or not? Just regular. Ooh. And they declined. But you know who else could have been like, I mean, they're pretty good, but they could have really skyrocketed. Skittles. Yes. I would have said Skittles. Skittles, Skittles, Skittles. Did they approach Skittles? I don't know if they did or not. But I think. They probably just wanted chocolate. 
maybe chocolate. But Reese's Pieces, yeah, that was a big launch. Oh my gosh, That's the, that was the beginning, like, by the way, of tripled. product like placement. the the realization of product placement in films in and the, the and the impact of that began then. Mm-hmm. ET was a super catalyst for that. Dang, super Look at catalyst. ET. Just paving the way. It was, that it movie was, was released June 11th, 82. Mm-hmm. It remained in theaters for guess how long, Shay? Over a year? Literally over a year. <laughs> the words type on my paper. What? Yes. I'm it's the longest run in theatrical cinema history. That is so. actually very long for like to stay in the theaters a that long. A whole year? Yeah. Oh, no, but it was a phenomenon. It was crazy. It was like Michael Jackson's thriller. I swear they were like hand in hand. Music, Michael Jackson thriller, film, E.T. Mm. It was like those two were just like around the globe Uh, iconic. Well, you lived it. I wasn't even. Oh, oh imagine being alive. Dang. I remember the days. (laughs) Um, But no, it was it was such a great it was time such a magical time. Dang. So we need to vote on ET. ET. So that. what are we gonna think? What is our voting panel? Oh, I feel like you, something's coming up. <laughs> is it a phone home? <laughs> is it a phone? If you can't tell, she's got her little pointer finger, <laughs> the magical healing pointy finger, saying phone home. Okay, or is it a misconnection? Okay. <laughs> because think about it. They left him. And you Aww. know that when they were the part of the scene where he basically put together a speaking spell and some other cool technology to basically message back to his peeps. And they were out in the field and he put this whole thing together and they got the signal. And so he realized they were coming back for him. But you know they were like, yo, dude, our bad. Our bad that we left <laughs> you. Guy. We didn't know. Dang. We didn't know. So anyway, okay. You're still so- alive, though? <laughs> Dang. Bring it back. <laughs> Bring it back. All right, so is okay. it a phone home? Phone home. Or is it a missed connection? <laughs> oh, definitely it's a phone home. Phone home. Phone home. Phone home. Phone home. Did you know there was going to be a sequel? There was or there is? There was. Okay. It's a sequel that never happened, and it was going to reveal E.T.'s name. Do you want to know what name well, shut it up. was going to be? I think that's part the of the sequel mystery. The sequel was going to be called Ron. Ron. Fears. No, no, no. <laughs> it was Zrek. Stop it. His real name. I'm so glad that didn't happen. <laughs> that would have ruined E.T. for us. Yeah. Why did they do that with sequels? I don't know. It was going to be about Elliot and his friends getting kidnapped by evil aliens and E.T. saving them. They're just trying to squeeze it, man. It kills the original, like, innocence and spirit of you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad it didn't happen. I don't want to know his name, Zrek. (laughs) I feel differently about him as Zrek. (laughs) Zrek. I'd call him Z. Hey, <laughs> Z, what's up? I like Z. Z, Z. Um, go watch ET. We live the nostalgia. We, you gotta, go, and you know what? You might find yourself craving some uh, Reese's Pieces. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what it is about those. It only I tastes good Reese's in the pieces. theaters. Oh, Peanut you like, butter cup. You eat it outside? No, I'm talking about the Reese's Pieces. Oh, I, pieces. It used to be like one of my top favorite candies, and the Reese's Pieces puff cereal. Oh, the cereal is pretty good. But com. That was almost like dessert. That was a dessert. <laughs> yes. But wait, you do you, you ate those even if you weren't like at the theater? You'd get Reese's Pieces like normally? Oh, yeah. Oh, so you were a super fan. I was a super fan. I'd only get it if I was at the theater. Hmm. And that's, would you mix it with your popcorn? I would. And some people don't get that. I love it. But some people don't get this. I mix Raisinets with my popcorn and it's so good. <laughs> I trust uh. you. I trust you. <laughs> I can see it's that. It's salty sweet. I'm not I'm into not. the Raisinets, but... I think as I got older, I got into the raisinets, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, raisins are a tough one. Mm. I think I, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Do you like it in wine? <laughs> <laughs> I think I like raisins. I used to, my mom, oh my God, talk about trick-or-treating where you're like, ah. there was a neighbor that always gave out the like yellow, the juicier yellow raisins in the box. Yeah. And I didn't like the black ones were really tough. I don't know. I like the yellow ones. Raisins. <laughs> The 80s Raisin Singers. Oh, yes. Are they were they called Raisins? They were trying to, yeah, they were like Raisins in the Sun or something. I don't know. They were California Raisins. Yeah. That was a big campaign to try and promote Raisins. They had me. 
You were sold. Were so cool. You were sold. As a little kid, I, ooh, yeah. I want to find a shirt. <laughs> Rock it. <laughs> you were really into it. I was. I mean, I... I, I like they them. did like a Michael Jackson raisin one. They did. Right? <laughs> Why am I like that? You got it right. Oh my God. They were really pushing it. Mm-hmm. And then I I was into it as if it wasn't the other any other snack. But I was just like sometimes I, I like for trick or treating I was wanting chocolate. So yeah. if I got raisins, I'd be like, raisins. Hey, boo. <laughs> boo. It's the booty candy. Get the booty candy. <laughs> There was that booty pile, you know? And then after a while, you'd be like, all right, booty pile, I'll still eat you. I don't <laughs> You're like, got the good Weeks stuff later, done. later, you'll eat the booty <laughs> yeah. I loved getting you dots. You like, which one? Dots. Oh, I didn't get dots. We didn't get dots. Do you know what they are, though? On the paper, right? No, they're no, candies? no. They oh. come in a little box. And oh, they yes. were like, oh, those are just fish, but they're yes. like, get stuck to your teeth. Those were good. Have a little snack for later. <laughs> you know what I, I did? They got so wedged <laughs> in. Oh, my, terrible for cavities, I bet. Totally. No, those were delicious. Okay, so, yeah, I can go a whole yes. candy route there. Oh, but, my gosh. I mean, E.T. was that. It played on that idea of, like, it was a big thing, like, I was thinking about trick-or-treating scene in that movie. That's the other thing I want to ask you. Did you notice? I like, felt like the whole world was like doing Halloween. I was like, what neighborhood? Right. I mean, everybody's walking around like it's some festival. I'm like, yeah. my trick-or-treating was not like that. No. Was yours? Um, no, not like that. That was some bougie trick-or-treating. <laughs> that was some crazy. Like everybody was like participating. In that scene, did you see Yoda? Yes. A little like. You Remember, know. E.T. was like, home, home. Yeah, home. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. <laughs> All right. So that was our last title, wasn't it? Our last title, but we do have some honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Oh, we do have honorable mentions. That's out. right. We do this. These are the ones that don't make the cut for a full review, but they were top on the lists yes. and or something we wanted to mention because we thought they were cool. Worth seeing. But yeah, let's talk about our honorable mentions. What do we got? We did mention Poltergeist, the one that Drew auditioned for. The original get. Poltergeist. This was 1982 that it came out. Spooky, spooky. It was actually really, really, really good. The reason why it didn't make the final because it didn't have as much of a difference of a soundtrack other than like E.T. was kind of like the leader in that charge of this. It had strings, dramatic. That was kind of the vibe of Poltergeist as well. Yeah. But that movie was like groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Beginning of the franchise. The light. Yes. And what's her name? The the. I don't young know actor. Well, she actually, it was really sad because she, you know, had that disease that she was dealing with that's why she had the puffy cheeks oh and she was in the sequels but she later yeah passed from that but it was yeah they she say was there was so a curse good. on set there's a whole thing about poltergeist uh, but yeah spooky, so spooky. Like the other one these. we reviewed in an earlier episode yes, was the did. sequel but this was the original tron tron came out the uh this was the iconic like motorcycles with the laser oh my god it was so cool so cool it was definitely a like a culty kind of gamer vibe yeah other one was Porky's Porky's is a funny one Porky's, I need to revisit that it's one. weird it was almost like this frat kind of like is around the time of like you know remember like Caddyshack and all those kind of movies where it was like feel good raunchy raunchy <laughs> friends in that kind of college age yeah a lot of beer. A lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Antics. And then the toy. I don't know if you remember that one. That was with Richard Pryor. It I was didn't see the toy. Yeah, I, I actually loved it. I saw it in the I just remember seeing it when it first came out. It was actually a really controversial movie because he was the main character who is this like this black guy who was kind of, you know, down and out with some of you know, he had just lost his job or something and this really rich white dude basically hired him to entertain his young son what yes and he was basically his toy uh but you'll see there's a twist it was also around the uh, era of brewster's millions he was big in the time that richard Pryor decade but yeah that was a big one where it was kind of touching on racial i'm gonna say yes what is what but okay. you should watch it. It's actually it a really good movie, and it's actually very sweet. And he forms this relationship with the son, actually helps the son kind of overcome his very entitled, mm. kind of bratty take on life. Because he doesn't really have a good relationship with his father. His father basically buys his love or whatever. Mm. And Richard Pryor's character actually was kind of like, saw him as a father that he never had. Hmm. 
So it was actually oh, very sweet. It, even though the concept is like a little like cringy. Yeah. And then finally the thing. That's another spooky one, Spooky. Right? Yeah, oh yeah, that was the one with the, out of the Sasquatch. swampy. No, but um, the area. Swampy. Oh, swamp. Swamp. Yeah, swamp. So the thing, he lived there. He was like, it was that kind of setting. He came from that okay but it was a it was i think it was a remake hmm. of the original the original was like black and white kind of blah, blah, blah. that's what i was gonna say yeah okay yeah so worth i mean it's an honorable mention so it's i mean it, everybody was watching because it's like it's almost like it was a remake of a classic like just like godzilla is a classic just like dracula is a classic mm. so the thing was one of those kind okay. of classic remakes okay so those were the honorable um. mentions yes and that's it for episode six 1982 part one. one. Home is where the heart is because truly it really was. It was with Officer and his Gentleman and E.T. And our Victor Victoria, that's the thing is it was more about like being authentic. The heart for her was being who she was and being true to her calling and like, mm-hmm. you know, but I think in general, that was the beginning. That decade was the beginning of us exploring a lot of these topics and really starting to relook at like relationships and like even just how we think of other beings, you know, that yeah. are different than us, there you know, you nailed it. You know, <laughs> nailed it. So <laughs> as we say, how do we do? How do, how do we What do, do you guys think about our, our feedback and, and our reviews? Do you want us to review something in this year or another year? We want to hear your feedback and yes, your thoughts. Yes, of course. And follow us on uh, Spotify. We have the sonicchronic.com. And we're soon going to be opening up a Patreon channel, which we're excited about. But we just want to hear from you and say, you know, let us know how you're feeling. Do we take yes. you back? Is there something, you know, in terms of the nostalgia around it, uh, around the music, and just even the sign of the times? When you rewatch these films. Yeah. Tell us about it. Leave us comments. Did you pick up on the same vibes that we got? Exactly. Did E.T. make you cry? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) We want to know, because all that stuff makes us happy to hear. And so with that said, this was was the the frequency frequency of that time. time. (laughs) (laughs) Can't 